Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast, session number 27. Prove it. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, getting laid off was the best thing that ever happened to him, Pat Flynn. Hey, what's up and welcome to the 27th session of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Before we get right into today's content, first of all, the SPI Podcast is up to 212 five-star reviews on iTunes, which just blows my mind. Thank you so much. It's just incredible to see everybody responding so positively to the shows. A couple of quick reviews I just want to highlight really quick because they mean so much to me. The first one is by Still Daydreaming. That's the screen name on iTunes. Here she says, this podcast has lots of really useful information and it is not boring. That not boring part is really what makes me happy because I definitely don't want to be boring. And another one from Tim Rayset says, the SPI podcast has helped me go from having no website and zero traffic to a killer website and hundreds of readers a day, a stream of newsletter subscribers and steady ebook sales in the span of six months. Pat is one of the most genuine guys on the internet and quite frankly, in general, I owe you a lot. Thanks, Pat. No, thank you, Tim. I mean, that just totally makes my day and really what this is all about for me. Now let's talk about this for a second because this has everything to do with today's show, which is all about social proof. Social proof is the idea of having other people speak for you and it's powerful, powerful stuff. It could mean the difference between people visiting your site, sticking around and even buying your products and people just doing nothing. Now, I first learned about social proof from an episode of Internet Business Mastery with Sterling and Jay. You could find them on iTunes as well. Uh, And I was listening to this particular episode back when I still had my 9-to-5 job in the architecture industry. And Jay used an example from his own life that really just stuck in my head. And he talked about how he was at a farmer's market one time and was looking for something good to eat. You know how farmer's markets, you know, they usually have some really good food, totally fresh and that sort of thing. Anyways, he went to the food vendor area and there was this super long line coming from one of the food places, much longer than any of the other lines. And that's 
how we knew that that was the place to get food at because there were so many people there. It must be worth waiting in line for. He didn't even know what it, what, what what the vendor was exactly. There was so many people, but he knew because of all the people that were there that it was worth waiting in line to get that food. And I love that example. That example, and I, I've actually experienced this idea myself many times before. Uh, I, I was at the Fashion Valley Mall here in San Diego, walking around with my family. When all of a sudden we turned a corner, and there was this huge group of people surrounding one of the stores. We didn't know what the heck was going on, and uh, you, you know, because of the huge crowd, we we were curious. We wanted to see what all the fuss was about. And apparently, we eventually learned that Natasha Bedingfield, the singer, uh, she sings that one song. It's like. I got a pocket, got a pocket full of sunshine. Okay, I'm really sorry about that. Anyways, uh, the point is that seeing that huge crowd told, told us that there was something going on which definitely made us curious and want to learn more. Social proof is also used a lot by street vendors too. And maybe you've, you've noticed this before. I mean, uh, April and I were walking in Hollywood one time and in the distance, we kept hearing this huge crowd of people cheering. So we walked toward that sound saw this huge group of people, and they were all surrounding these breakdancers who were just awesome. And I think they knew about social proof, too, because between each segment or each uh, dance or performance, they asked the crowd to scream and scream even louder, and the crowd just grew and grew. And that's, that's what caught our attention. So I've said this many a time on the blog before. There's nothing more powerful than having other people do the marketing for you. For example, I could tell, I could tell you, all I want that if you listen to the SPI podcast, you will get great online business advice, improve your results on your blog, and you won't be bored. But when other people share that information about me, for me, it's worth so much more. That's why reviews on iTunes are important and why I ask from time to time for you to leave your honest feedback on there. Because when other people decide to listen or not, they read those to see if it's worth it and they could care less about what I have to say. Or they could hear from their friends on Facebook or Twitter that they loved an episode, and that's absolutely social proof too. Social proof on social networks, and we'll talk more about that later. That's worth so much more than what I have to say. But then, of course, it's my job at that point, after they've been convinced by others to have a listen, to take it from there and prove them that all of what they heard is true. And of course, that is, uh, you know, social proof should be real, and it should always be real. And then there should be no problem with, uh, you know, as far as being engaged with me once they start to listen, start to listen. So online, there are several opportunities to use social proof to our advantage. In this session, I'll be going over several different examples in all all areas of online uh, business and marketing and blogging that use social proof. Big examples, small examples, why they work, things like that. And hopefully at least one or two of these go along with something that you're up to right now and you can take action and implement the same strategies. So many of these strategies I've actually used or are using as we speak, and some of them I actually haven't used myself, but I've been on the receiving end or part of that social, in quote, social proof. And having that marketer's mind, I knew exactly what what was going on. And again, it's just incredible to see what happens when you have other people doing the marketing for you. So let's uh, let's start to talk about it. I mean, the, the first thing I want to talk about is numbers. Now, for some reason, I used to watch a lot of QVC, which, by the way, I don't know if you knew what uh, QVC actually stands for, but it, it stands for Quality, Value, and Convenience. I didn't know that until I just looked it up. Anyways, I used to watch QVC and the Home Shopping Network all the time, where you could you know, buy things that were being sold on TV. 
Now, I actually never bought anything, but I did watch and learn about the different products and how things were sold. And one interesting thing that they do is they show the number of how many product that have been sold. That or how many products are left, which uh, you know that particular strategy, how many products are left, involves another marketing strategy called scarcity, which is worth a whole new podcast episode, which uh, I'll keep in mind for later. But either way, products sold or products left, you can see live the counter moving, which means the product is being sold. This is massive social proof right here in the form of numbers. Psychologically, we just love to see numbers moving, and knowing that other people are buying the product, that helps other people make the decision to buy the product. And if people are on the fence, that counter and seeing those numbers is a great way to turn those fence sitters into buyers. Online, the same strategy and idea of social proof can be integrated in several different ways, which you've probably seen before and may or may not have known that that was actually social proof taking place. For example, the number of RSS subscribers that a blog has. If you had a choice to read a blog with 30 readers or 30,000 readers and the material was pretty much the same, which one would you read? 30 readers or 30,000 readers? I'm guessing that 99% of you would probably lean towards the one with 30,000 because they probably have a ton of people who subscribe to their blog for a particular reason. This is why those feed burner badges, and for some reason, feed burner actually calls them chicklets. I have no idea why. That's why they're so popular. You know, they're little counters that say feed burner subscribers that people put on their blog for other people to see. They are there to show a blog's visitor exactly how many people subscribe to that blog. If you head on over to smartpassiveincome.com, you could see my numbers right there across the top. And this is done on purpose because it's social proof to a brand new visitor that I am someone worth reading and subscribing to. And again, I'm not being aggressive in asking people to subscribe. You're not gonna see any pop-ups from me or any aggressive marketing tactics and things like that. But it is a way to provide social proof uh, a sort of way of having other people say, hey, check this guy out. He's worth, uh, he's worth listening to or reading. Now, does this mean that a counter on a site that only shows 30 subscribers could work against you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would actually recommend not putting any sort of social proof on your website until you have social proof. Don't prove that you have 30 readers because that could actually work against you. Always think about your website in the shoes of of a new visitor, even if you're not a beginner. Remember, it's all about how they feel when they get to your site, and you don't want a badge that says you have 30 readers to scare people off before reading the awesome content that you probably have to provide. That, uh, that would then eventually get them to subscribe. You don't want to scare them away. If you're just starting out, this is what I would do. I would, I would actually keep that number hidden until it at least gets to three figures or even 150, and that's that's not very many. It's going to take you know, a little bit of time starting out, but it won't take you that long to get to 150, especially if you're writing good content and actively uh, engaging with your community and also other bloggers in your niche as well, guest posting, that type of thing. You can get to 150 really easily. 150 is a pretty good number to actually show people uh, where it won't actually hurt you. So that's subscribers, but the same thing goes with email subscribers. Aweber, for example, gives you the ability to put another badge that shows how many people subscribe to your email list. Same thing. How comfortable are you joining a newsletter with 15 subscribers as opposed to one that has 1,500? I mean, 1,500 subscribers can't be wrong, can they? That Well, that's the idea. Of course, I mean, 
1,500 subscribers could totally be wrong, but to a new visitor, it's less likely than if it was known that there was only 15. Again, don't let the numbers work against you. So that's RSS subscribers, email subscribers, and here's another one. How about retweets and likes or even the view count on YouTube videos if you're into YouTube videos? Posts and articles that show off the fact that there are zero likes and zero retweets are less likely to keep people around and reading, especially if they're older posts. On the other hand, if a post has 150 retweets and, and 379 likes, you can be sure that just because those numbers are high, people are going to read and share it. Why? Because of social proof. They're saying to themselves, that post must be good if it has 150 retweets and 379 likes, right? I think I'll read to see what all the fuss is about. That's what's going through their head. And if the content is good, then that person will share. Your numbers will grow even higher, more social proof, more bang, booyah. So again, what can you do if you're a beginner? Well, there's actually a resource out there I want you to check out. You can find it at T-R-I-B-E-R-R.com. That's Triber with two R's at the end, Triber.com. It's actually a site that I don't use myself, but a lot of my buddies online use it quite effectively, and it's a great way to get more eyeballs onto your content. So basically, it works like this. You join a tribe on that website. Some are open, some are invite-only, and I think you can create one of your own, too, and invite people to it. And whenever you publish a piece of content, your entire tribe tweets it out for you, and when someone else posts something, you do the same, and this happens automatically. Now, uh, that's pretty awesome. Now, realize this is only for people who are seriously looking to engage with more people. And although it will raise your tweet counts and traffic to your site, if you're publishing low-quality stuff, uh, you could get suspended. And it's not, you know, you don't want to push people and and draw more eyeballs to your low-quality stuff. You should always have high-quality stuff anyways. and, And you should always be engaging with people so that you shouldn't even need a service like Triber to flourish. But it will help. I recommend checking it out. Again, Triber.com with two R's. Now, another numbers social proof thing that I'm a big fan of is the number of comments on a post. I always try to engage with my audience within the post so they will respond to a question or you know give their opinion or something. And also within the comment section too. I'll reply to comments and ask questions so I can get even more answers. And what this does is a few different things. Most importantly, uh, you know, beyond social proof, the conversation that happens after the post actually does add qual- add to the quality of the post most of the time. I have a ton of smart readers and smart listeners who correct me or just add more to what I already have to say, uh, which is awesome, and I love that. That's why I have comments on. Also, it shows that I'm a real person who knows that a post doesn't just end when it's published. In fact, I believe that that's the beginning of when everything starts to happen. Sort of like, you know, you go to school and then you graduate or you go to commencement. You do all this work to get to that point, but really that's when things really start to happen. And it would be a waste if you just published a post and just let it sit and, and figure that that was the end of it. Sort of like going to school for four or five years and then just sitting on the couch all day. I mean, what's, what's the point? I'm getting off track here. But uh, in addition to that, all that additional conversation in the comment section drives up the comment count. And yes, I have it set up so that my comments, my own comments and replies in the comment section of my own posts add to the number count in the comments as well, uh, which is prominently shown, 
as you can see if you go to my homepage, next to each post in a bright green quotation bubble so it can easily be seen. And what happens is when that count keeps going up and up and up, it drives more readers to that post. A post with 200 comments is definitely worth reading, right? Well, maybe, but it definitely gets people to wonder exactly what it's about. Now, sometimes I write a post and for whatever reason, it just gets a ton of comments in a short period of time. And I do use those same strategies I just talked about, like engaging with the community and asking more questions to, to up that count. And what happens is I'll actually go to Facebook and Twitter and quickly mention that. I'll type something like, whoa, this post I just put up today already has 77 comments. Check it out by clicking here. Now, since I keep track of those links, I know that those posts are some of the ones that get the most amount of clicks. Why? Again, because of that social proof, 77 comments. And that's another thing. <laughs> Using actual numbers, the actual results. Like I said, people like to see those numbers. It would be totally different, totally different if I said, whoa, this post I just put up today already has a bunch of comments. Check it out here. Or, whoa, this post I just put up today has a ton of comments or more comments than normal. Check it out here. Doesn't have the same effect, does it? It's sort of like why people love my income reports so much because they're down to the penny. I know a lot of people who report their earnings online in pie graphs and percentages and things like that, which is fine but they are harder to relate to. People don't know exactly what those numbers are, so they are less attractive. Exact numbers are good. And this is why on my income reports, you know, I say something like $7,906.55, which is the amount I made the first month I sold my ebook on greenexamacademy.com. That's better than just rounding up to a nice number like 8,000. Or same thing, why saying I have 212 five-star ratings on iTunes is much better than just saying over 200. And you see what I did there at the beginning of the show? And uh, th this is especially important in this episode, uh, the 212 five-star ratings, because, and I'm going on a little sidebar here, and I'm going to shamelessly plug something uh, for myself really quick. The SPI podcast was actually nominated by you. Uh, for two podcast awards. And a lot of new traffic has been coming to the site and listening to this podcast because of it. I needed to inject that social proof right from the start for the new uh, for new listeners. And the beauty of it is that it's something that can be verified in iTunes. People can just go and see that there are 212 five-star ratings, uh, which, is, which is cool. So here's that shameless plug. If you have one minute and you feel that this podcast is worthy of your vote, whether you're a veteran listener or a newbie just looking to get into this kind of stuff, I would just love you if you went to podcastawards.com and voted for me. You can vote for me in both the People's Choice section and in the Business section. Those are the two categories I'm nominated for, People's Choice and Best Business Podcast. Again, only if you feel it's worthy of your vote. And voting resets every day at midnight, so you could you could actually vote every day if you want to, but you don't have to do that. Uh, but it would be awesome if you did, so... Voting actually ends on October 27th, 2011 at midnight. So again, if you can cast a vote for me or if you have done so already, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anyways, back to my original point. Numbers, you got to use them. You got to love them. Numbers, I love numbers. Okay, so let's actually go beyond the numbers and talk about something much more important, the people and how people, your audience, can help you crush it with social proof. So people and, and numbers aren't actually totally separate, though, obviously, because the more people involved, the better. But I mean, talking about people as individuals and the message that they have to say for others to read 
and or listen to. Amazingly powerful. But like numbers, it could work against you too. Like I mentioned before, there's nothing, nothing like having other people do the marketing for you. But on the flip side, there's nothing worse than having other people market against you after experiencing what you have to offer. Especially in today's world with everyone being so connected and open with everything, a rave review can totally make you, but a bad one can totally crush you uh, and that and, and real fast too, actually. I know that sounds scary, but that's the absolute truth. And so as publishers and content providers and product creators and attention grabbers, we have to make sure that we always go above and beyond to just get people to talk about us, our products, our content in a good way. The most obvious thing we could do is just to be epic and be awesome, uh, but I'm not going to get into that because we should all know that already. Be epic, write epic content, and you'll get epic results and get a ton of people talking about you and your stuff and sharing it and just putting a mess of social proof into what you have to offer. That, that's what you want to do. But I want to talk about some specific strategies that you can do beyond the normal thing like collecting testimonials and, and things like that, uh, which you know should just come naturally with great content and value that you provide. Now, the first example comes directly from one of the emails I send to people who are subscribed to my newsletter autoresponder series. You can actually sign up for that and get a free copy of my ebook, Ebooks a Smart Way, which is all about publishing, marketing, and automating a killer ebook. It actually has been downloaded over 25,000 times. Uh, social proof. Uh, you can get that at ebooksthesmartway.com. And as much as I would just like to keep this particular story and tactic and strategy exclusive to the, to the newsletter, it's so awesome and relevant to this podcast episode. I just had to share it with you here. And if you've read this already uh, through my email, then at least you're listening to it again now. And it might be a good reminder for you if you haven't tried it yet. And as I do in the email, I just want to thank my good friend Mark Mason first, which is where I first saw this take place. Mark can be found at masonworld.com, masonworld.com. He's been a guest on the podcast before. Actually, I think he was the first guest. Yeah, he was the first guest in episode number two. Fantastic guy, super nice. He came to San Diego a few months ago. We met for the first time and hung out, and I really wish we could do it more often. Mark, if you're listening to this, Get back here. Uh, he's awesome. Anyways, let me break this strategy down for you. And again, it uses social proof. So first step is to find a product that you'd like to promote as an affiliate, preferably one that you've used before, are familiar with, and are confident in your recommendation to others. Those are my rules for anything that I promote. Secondly, so after you find that affiliate product, contact the creator or owner and try to get at least one free copy that you can give away for free to your audience. If you can't make that happen, if you can't get a free copy, uh, buy some additional copies and give them away uh, yourself. So I'll show you how to do that in a second. So thirdly, after you find the uh, product you want to promote as an affiliate and after you get a free copy or buy an extra one that to give away, on your site, hold a contest to win those free copies of the product. In order to enter the contest, people have to leave a public comment about how that product would help them and what they would do with it. And make sure those comments can easily be seen and read. If you're, if you're just doing this through your blog, you know the comment section is fine. The winner of the contest can be randomly selected or maybe you can choose the best comment. It's up to you. But the fact is you're getting people to enter this contest by leaving a comment about how that product would help them. And any links you have to that product 
that's going to be your affiliate link. And of course, you have to disclose that that is your affiliate link. So whenever you tell people to check out the product to see how it would help them and then leave a comment, those links should be affiliate links for that particular product. So this is why this works so well. I've actually done this before. You could see it in my July 2010 income report. And I'll have show notes uh, you know, linked to that uh, particular post so you can see how that went down. Show notes are available at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 27. And the reason why this works is, is because, one, people love to get free stuff, so you'll get more people in front of that product through your affiliate link because of your contest. Number two, when people leave their comments, and again, there's going to be a lot of them leaving comments because they all want free stuff. Uh, when I did this, there were actually three hundred, more than 300 comments on that post uh, everyone else sees what everyone else is saying about that product. That's all promotional material, not from you, but from other people, which is, again, so much more powerful. And that's social proof at its finest right there. And the thing is, you're not directly promoting anything. You're not seen as someone just trying to earn a buck. Everybody is a winner. And if the product is good and has a great landing page, then it will practically sell itself and you will crush it with your affiliate link. If you can contact the owner like I did, have him or her set up a special price for you and your audience just for a certain number of days and then have that increase after a certain amount of time, uh, this will just increase your affiliate sales even more. I never once told people in this post that they should buy the product I was holding a contest for. They made that decision on their own based on everyone else's recommendation and praise about the product and how it would help them. And I also mentioned that if someone uh, you know, makes a purchase and they won uh, the contest, I would refund their payment. Super cool stuff. Man, I just, I just love social proof. Uh, anyways, another strategy that I've seen put to good use involves webinars. I've been doing a few webinars myself lately, mostly private ones with coaching students and things like that. But I've seen this strategy used on webinars with hundreds of people, and it's pretty cool, and, and it's actually really simple to implement. If you're hosting a webinar, just make sure that during the webinar, you call out people's names and what they're saying, especially if they're saying something cool or nice about you or the product that you have to offer. The nice thing about using software like GoToWebinar to host your webinars is that all the attendees have a chance to type in responses to your questions. And if you can ask questions that generate nice responses about you or if people are just saying nice things, simply just mentioning the first name of that person and their response will go a long, long way. Not only does it show the other attendees what other people are saying, which you know they normally wouldn't be able to read since those responses are private, but when you call out a specific name, those specific people whose name you called will definitely be more engaged. They'll be like, wow, he actually called my name. And they'll be more likely to follow through with any call to action that you may have. Using names goes a long way. It's like using specific numbers instead of uh, general ones. They make what people are saying a lot more real. That's why you see, when you see testimonials, you see people's names and sometimes you'll see a picture and a location uh, as to where they're from on sales pages and things like that because that stuff works. And I'm actually gonna have Lewis Howes, uh, a lot of you probably already know Lewis already. I'm gonna have him on the show in the very near future. He's the webinar king and he's doing some amazing things with selling products through webinars and I definitely want to share his knowledge with you. 
Webinars are a totally new ball game that can just literally generate thousands of dollars and sometimes even hundreds of thousands of dollars in a very short period of time. And I mean like I, I by short period of time, I mean like in a matter of hours. It, it's crazy. So stay tuned for that episode, which I'm really excited about. So back to Social Proof. I don't think we could talk about Social Proof without mentioning exactly how social networks can be put into the equation. And the benefit of using social networks like Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and Google Plus is that people can see that social proof in real time or close to real time. And of course, because things are being talked about on other people's profiles and accounts that have the ability to be spread and go viral, again, it's just much more powerful than if I just simply tweeted or Facebooked things uh, by myself. Here's a strategy that I haven't used, but I saw someone else use and it was pretty cool. Uh, it involves setting up a Facebook page. This person who was selling a product set up a specific Facebook page for this specific product. It was an information product. And the owner of this product told their customers, their existing customers who bought that product, to like that Facebook page and post on that page what they enjoy about the product the most or how is it, how it has helped them to get a chance to win something like an iPad or iPhone 4 or something like that. So his existing customers had to post something on that Facebook page after liking that page to, to win an iPad or something. Now, I didn't know about this until I received an email from that person who was selling this product, who was obviously trying to promote it to me. Uh, I wasn't a customer, but he told me in the email to go to the Facebook page and see what everyone else was saying about the product. Obviously, this was all timed, so when I got to the page, I saw hundreds of very recent posts from people saying that they liked the product what they liked about it and how it how it helped them, uh, which made for a very, 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 very compelling argument to purchase the product. It was really cool. To be honest, I actually didn't purchase that product because I didn't need it. I was just signed up for the email list so I could study these kinds of uh, marketing strategies, but it was really cool and really, really well done. And it seems like it wouldn't be that hard to implement. You know, you just set up a Facebook page for a product that you have, get your existing customers to like it, which raises the numbers of fans for that page. Again, that goes along with social proof and numbers, which I talked about earlier. And then send people to that page. Make sure you have a way for them to go from there to the sales page, which you can set up a separate tab for in Facebook. If you're looking for how to do things on uh, like this on Facebook, you can check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash smartpassiveincome. I have a whole bunch of videos about using Facebook and setting up landing pages and things like that. And uh, yeah, so you can check that out. Very cool stuff. And Twitter can be used in the same way, especially using the hashtags for something. I've seen this used pretty well during product launches. Again, real-time testimonials from people and people marketing for you using the hashtags. Uh, another example that, that uses hashtags in the, in the power of social proof is if you've ever attended any events like Blog World Expo or... Uh, like, for example, I attended the Financial Bloggers Conference a couple of weeks ago. The hashtag for that event was a great way to see real time what was being said and what was happening. And, and when I was speaking, for example, I was actually a speaker at the Financial Blogger Conference, which was awesome. Uh, hundreds of tweets went out with my name using that hashtag for the Financial Bloggers Conference, which totally showed others in real time what was being said about me and how, you know, how well the presentation was going. It was pretty cool. I've actually never experienced anything like that before. Social proof, people. I mean, it's human nature for people to want to belong to a part of a group. And when a large group of people are talking about something, sharing information about something, or just all of their attention collectively is given to someone, 
everyone else will want to do the same. They'll want to know what all the fuss is about and they'll want to join in on the fun too. That's really what social proof is all about. So in your business or your brand or your blog, think about ways that you can harness the power of social proof. Where are the people in your business and how can you utilize the power of social media and numbers and the written word to make sure other people can see what people are saying about you and what you have to offer? Social proof. Love it. I, I absolutely love the idea of social proof because it's just, it's just an awesome strategy. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you haven't already, again, please vote for the podcast uh, at podcastawards.com. It's up for the business category and people's choice awards. So again, thank you so much. The award ceremony is actually being held at Blog World Expo in Los Angeles, which is exactly where I'll be in the beginning of November. I'm actually scheduled to speak at 2.45 p.m. on Friday, the 4th of November. That's tentatively. It could change, but I think that's pretty set for me. So if you're going to be at Blog World Expo, I would love to meet you there. Just come up and say hi. I'll be wearing a red and white backpack. You should be able to find me if I'm there. I'll be wearing a red and white backpack that says, Hi, my name is Pat. It actually matches the about, uh, you know, hi, my name is tag on my homepage at smartpassiveincome.com. So just come up and say hi. Please don't be shy. Again, thank you all so much for your support. If you're at the gym right now, just push a little bit harder. If you're on a drive, I wish you nothing but open lanes and green lights. And if you're just on a walk or sitting at home listening to me on your iPod, your MP3 player, or your computer, just enjoy the rest of your day, and thank you for taking me along with you. Show notes and links are available at smartpassiveincome.com slash session27. And until next time, I wish you all the best. Cheers, and bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point. So I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray. And in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.